Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ricky V, and you're listening to episode number 49 of the Elite Fitness Podcast. And in this one, we're going to look at two anti-estrogen drugs, Aromacin and Arimidex. This is a nice long episode. It's going to be a couple of hours, so just hang on tight. You're going to be here for a while, guys. Aromacin first, then Arimidex. Great podcast. You're going to love them. Let's go. Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. It's another episode, guys. This time we're going to do Aromacin. Steve Smee here and Rick. How's it going, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Yeah, Rick's enjoying the beach life today. He's uh, he's uh, actually filming this on the on the beach. So you're on the beach, right, Rick? <laughs> so so we're, the software we're using to record the podcast, I can put uh, custom backgrounds. So I put a little uh, beach background. Looks real nice. Like it. All right, guys. So let's talk about Romanson, guys. It's the trade name for Examistane. And it's a drug that's mostly used in medicine to treat breast cancer in women. Very, very, you know, a well-known drug. Um, it's a modern aromatized inhibitor. Very similar to Arimidex, but there are some differences. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about the differences. And then on the next episode, we talk about Arimidex. So you guys can check out that episode also next week when it comes out. So again, aromasin guys, suicide aromatase inhibitor, meaning it permanently disables that aromatized enzyme once it binds to it. So in plain English, aromasin does a great job of preventing the currently bound enzymes from rebounding. So you don't have to worry about estrogen rebounding after cycle. That's what makes it different from the other AIs in its class. So we're going to talk about all this, guys. But first, I want to bring in Rick. Rick is the history expert. He's got a lot of history on aromacin that is really interesting. So tell us a little bit about the history. Actually, aromacin is not a ton of history behind it. It was approved by the FDA in 1999. And it really didn't hit the underground hard until about uh, 2005, 2006. started to become real popular. Even though in 1999, Arimidex uh, was already out there and being used and it was uh, FDA approved, Arimidex was more available in the underground because Arimidex had been approved for use several years earlier. And it just takes just an extra couple of years for the black market to get their hands on this stuff, for generics to be produced. So that is the reason why um, we didn't see Aromacin hit the market until a few years after Arimidex was already on the black market, even though they were both around around the same time. Just to let you guys know, Aromacin is it. Aromacin is really the aromatase inhibitor that bodybuilders prefer. If you're a man injecting steroids and you need something to prevent the aromatization of those steroids into estrogens, Aromacin is it. Arimidex, Letrosol, some of the other ones we're going to be discussing on this podcast later on, they're just there and they'll see use sometimes, but the preferred one is really aromacin. And now I, Novadex is also one that is preferred, but they both work real differently. And I'll go over just how they work 
differently here real quickly. Uh, Nobodex goes and attaches to the estrogen receptor and keeps real estrogen out, specifically from the glands under your nipples when you're trying to prevent gynecomastia. The way aromatase works on the aromatase enzyme is like an aromatase enzyme can actually go and attach to several different testosterone units and turn them all into estrogen units, right? Real simple there. Now, aromazin will sit there and it'll present itself as a suitable structure for the aromatase enzyme to get to work on. And it does. The aromatase enzyme attaches to aromazin. But when it attaches to it, it can't let go. It becomes bound. It becomes one structure. So now that aromatase enzyme that would normally be able to un unlatch and go and, and hit several other hormones now can't do that. And obviously the cells that make the aromatase enzyme will continue to produce uh, the amount the next day and the next day. So this is why you use the product every day. You use aromasin every day. And what it does is it just takes these enzymes, the aromatase enzymes that would normally go and convert several units, many units of testosterone. It goes and, and, and it would convert several units. This is why when you inject more testosterone, then you just make more estrogen, even with the same enzymes. Because if you give the enzymes more to work on, it'll just turn more structures into estrogens. But when, it, when that enzyme hits aromasin, it can't let go. It becomes bound. It gets excreted out of the system. So now that enzyme is not there, and you have your androgens, your testosterone, your dianabol, your equipoise. You know, these steroids that you would normally worry about aromatization with, now you don't because that enzyme, at least for that, for that span of time, is, is going out of the system. So that's just a little difference on how, how it works. Remedex, Letro, we're going to discuss in, in later podcasts, work differently. You get a rebound. The enzymes make more afterwards. But aromasin, it's, it's the preferred one, at least for men on steroids. Aromasin seems to be the one that everybody prefers. So one of the other thing, good things about aromasin, too, is a gentle AI. So Rick was alluding to the steroids, the certain aromatizing steroids that he alluded to. Again, testosterone, all the testosterone esters, the nandrolones, the dianabol, the boldenone, et cetera, these convert to estrogen in the body. So if you don't control that, you can run into the side effects not just the ones Rick was mentioning, the, the gynecomastia, the bitch test, the water retention, but also it has a domino effect. It can affect, it, it's going to affect your blood pressure. It's going to affect your heart health. It's going to affect your sleep. You'll notice you'll start getting insomnia where you can't sleep at night because you're carrying all this water. You feel tired during the day. Just imagine carrying jugs of water 24-7 all day. Of course, you're going to feel tired. So it's important to control your estrogen. But the misconception, and this comes from the old school guys, back maybe in the 90s who came around in the 90s, maybe, maybe late 80s, when Electro came around, is that they slam their estrogen too much. And when you slam your estrogen too much, that's also not good. We still need estrogen as men. We need estrogen to function properly. So... You know, if you slam your estrogen too much, you're going to start getting issues, mood problems, depression, achy joints. You're going to have a hard time building muscle. You're going to have a hard time getting stronger. It's going to affect other problems as well, having low estrogen. So you got to remember, low estrogen is not good either. So one of the things that I like about Romacin is it's a very gentle, gentle 
AI. It doesn't slam your estrogen and it doesn't have um, a lot of bad things that come with it like some of the other AIs out there. So, yeah, I mean, look, for the context of the podcast today, uh, yes, aromasin is very effective at getting rid of, of the aromatase enzyme so that you don't have a lot of your steroids being converted to estrogen. So we're, that is the context of today's podcast. But really, you don't want to crush your estrogen. You know, when you take Dianabol, you're counting on some of that conversion into methylstradiol to actually help your gains. You know, you need that estrogen in there along with the androgens to help your gains and just overall health. You don't want to crush your estrogen. If you lower your estrogen too much, you're going to have problems with your lipid profiles a lot early on in your cycle. Cholesterol just get out of whack a lot quicker if you crush your estrogen. You're also more prone to injuries in your joints if you crush your estrogen. You might also develop problems with your dick if you crush your estrogen. You're going to sit there and blame it on the DECA, blame it on the trend. And all along, would you just overdid the AIs? So that is conversation for another podcast, and we'll definitely cover that. But just keep that in mind today as we go through, through aromasin today and how it works. We're not suggesting that you need to crush your estrogen on cycle. That is not ideal. Yeah, so you're going to find that it doesn't, one size doesn't fit all. You have to learn your body, understand yourself, look in the mirror, see how you feel, look at your blood results, and let it be a combination of everything. And look, if you don't use a ton of stuff, if you're not like smashing a couple of grams of juice per week, you're not going to have to worry that much about side effects and taking ancillaries and doing all that stuff. So if you just keep your you're dosing in a really conservative realm, it'll just be a lot easier to manage everything. Yeah, so what is the difference between aromas and aromas? A lot of guys ask. Look, at the end of the day, then they just use, you know, if you can get your hands on either one, that's fine. Some guys will, if you ever like go to anti-aging clinics or go through a doctor for, you know, for your testosterone, the doctor may have never even heard of aromasin because aromasin is so new in, in medicine. Isn't that crazy? But it's true. They'll actually um, pre subs uh, prescribe Arimidex over aromasin. Most doctors will. If you find a doctor that actually prescribes aromasin, I, I'd be really impressed by them uh, because they've, that means they've modernized. Maybe they're a younger doctor. Maybe they've modernized. But like any profession, you know, doctors tend to, they tend to be old school. They tend to stick with what they've known for many, many years. And a lot of them don't even know aromasin exists. So you may want to talk to your doctor about getting on aromasin instead of aromatics because the main advantage, as we discussed earlier on the show, is that aromasin is going to prevent any estrogen rebound. Now, it isn't very common to see that, but I have seen it. Guys will come off steroids, they'll go through their PCT, they'll start their bridge phase, and then during the bridge phase, their estrogen issues come flaring back. I've seen it. That's estrogen rebound, and it does happen. And you can actually get hit with gyno from estrogen rebound. That's actually one of the main side effects of estrogen rebound. So it does happen. So if possible, I always recommend aromasin, but let's say your doctor doesn't know anything about aromasin, he puts you on aromidex, or your source only has aromidex, that's going to do too. But we always prefer aromasin. Now, aromasin versus letro. That's another one guys want to know. Hey, how can I use letro? I heard some guy on YouTube say to use letro. Yes, 
a lot of guys on social media will tell you to use Electro as in your AI. And again, it's because they have outdated information. Electro has a purpose, okay? But it's not one, an AI you want to use on cycle to balance estrogen levels. It's something you want to use to crush estrogen levels. It's extremely harsh. So again, I strongly recommend Aromacin over Letro. So Aromacin beats Letro and it beats Arimidex all day and night. So side effects. Let's start getting into side effects, Rick. Aromacin, listen, if you run it correctly, you're not going to have issues. The problem is a lot of guys don't run it correctly because they're under the impression, they're, they have the old school mentality of, I want to slam estrogen, I want to slam estrogen, I want to slam estrogen. And in the old days, when these AIs first came around, this is what guys would do. They would slam their estrogen down because the, I'm not going to call it bro science, Rick, but the thought process, which is kind of correct, is if you slam estrogen ahead of PCT, it'll give your testosterone a chance to rebound. That is true, but we found much better ways to do PCT over the past 10 to 20 years where you don't have to slam estrogen and you don't have to basically kill all your gains and kill your mood and kill your libido and kill everything by slamming estrogen down. So Rick, tell us a little bit about that strategy because you've been around a long time. Talk about that strategy originally on message boards where guys would always want to slam estrogen during PCT, crush it to nothing because they felt like, yeah, it rebounded testosterone. Yeah, there was a lot of misunderstandings at the start. Guys thinking you could just crush your estrogen, you didn't need it. But we found out real early on in the use of these drugs that you have some really bad side effects if you lower your estrogen too much. And the side effects are felt right away. Injuries, problems with libido, cholesterol levels, heart, you know, just having a hard time coming back uh, during PCT. It's a lot of issues that that arose from, from guys just overusing this stuff. And, you know, we learned early on, it didn't take a long time for, for guys to realize that. And I still think even today, guys are still just overusing some of this stuff. They, 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 they use high dosages and then they put, they slam on the, the anti-estrogens. And then they, they think that the problem is the steroids. They think that they need more. They need, you know, two grams. And sometimes it's not that. If you just let it aromatize a little bit, ride the estrogen along with the androgens, you get some really good results. You know, and not just water weight, guys, but you're actually going to get some long-lasting mass. It just that, you know, don't, don't slam it. I think that's probably one of the worst abuses I see is the overuse of these anti-estrogens and that comes with just these high dosages that guys are on now, just these really high doses that are unnecessary. And you hear it all the time, right? Uh, oh, take Dianabol, but you need to take Aromacin with it. Wait a minute. Dianabol has been used since the 60s and Aromacin hasn't been around until 1999, we just discussed. So, oh, what, what, whatever did we do with Dianabol all those years before Romison came around? I'll tell you what we did. Did not take too much and rode that estrogen bloat, rode that all the way to some serious gains. 
And then when guys slam aromasin on top of your dianable, you're just not gaining that mass. You're not getting all of it. I've said this before in the podcast. If, you, if you're afraid of getting a little bit bloated, then don't use dianable. Use turinable. Use something else. But to use dianable and then put aromasin on top of it, it's kind of silly. Now, if you're using dianable with testosterone, different story. You better know your body. You better know how much you need to use because now you're stacking two steroids that are going to aromatize on you. But, you know, don't, don't overuse it. And especially with something like dianable, no need to overdo it. All right, guys. So how the great question is, how do we not overdo it? So, um, you know, this is a very frustrating thing. A lot of clients come to me. Um, they always want to know They're like, Steve, you know, how much AI do I need? And I'm like, dude, I, I can't help you. They're like private message me on the forums and stuff. How much AI do I need? You know, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what you're running. How am I supposed to answer that question? Even if I knew what you were running, I can give you a rough estimate of how much AI you need, but it's not going to be 100% on the money because you need to run blood work. When I put you on this protocol, you need to run blood work. You have to work with me to get you on the right dosage. So I always recommend, you know, when you're running a cycle, let's say you're running 500 milligrams of testosterone a week. You know, you could start running like 12 and a half milligrams of aromacin every day or every other day and then see what happens from there. Don't slam your estrogen too much. And you don't want to be lean on it too because 500 milligrams of testosterone is going to cause estrogen issues. So we don't want you to bloat like a fish, right? So you're going to start with that. Then you're going to run blood work after, you know, about three weeks on and you're going to see where your estrogen levels are. If your estrogen levels are too high, then obviously you need to up your AI a little bit. If your estrogen levels are too low, you need to back off on your AI a little bit. It's a balance. You have to balance it out. So, and a lot of guys, you know, they, they always want to answer this question. And it's frustrating for me because, you know, I really want to help guys. But at the end of the day, I can only give you a rough estimate of how much you need. You have to decide at the end of the day how much to use based on your body, based on your blood work. Of course, I'll work with you. If I see, can see your blood work, that would be fantastic. You can go get blood work done. If you go on the forum, Steve SMI, look at my signature. I have a link to how you can get blood work done for about 70 some dollars. That would tell you literally the next day you get blood work done the next day, you can see your estrogen levels and then we can adjust your AI dose from there. That's the only way to do it. So there, there isn't any magic dosage that I can tell you. It just depends on what you're running. If you're running DECA, lots of DECA, lots of tests, lots of DBOL, three aromatizing compounds all in a cycle, you're going to need more of an AI than if you were running 300 milligrams of test with 500 milligrams of Primo and 500 milligrams of Mastron. They're both three compound cycles, but in one situation, you're running three aromatizing compounds all in one. The other situation, you're running an aromatizing compound at a sensible dose, and then you're running two compounds, which don't aromatize. And in the case of Masteron, there is evidence, and I've seen this in blood work, that it actually helps control your estrogen in its own merit. So you're probably not going to need much of an AI in that situation. In fact, you won't. I can, I can tell you that. 
But in the first situation, Deca, Debel, and Hess, lots of it, you're going to blow it up. You're going to blow it up like 20 pounds of water, and you don't want to do that on a cycle. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, so aromacin is just one of those compounds, just not much to say about it. You know, you might, you, if you just keep your dosing on the low end, you might be able to do steroids for years and never quite need it. Novadex, which blocks estrogen from creating gynecomastia, which to me is, is the real danger, the real long-term side effect, uh, or the only side effect that you might need to get an operation for. You might need to go under the knife and have surgery to remove is really that gynecomastia. And Novadex takes care of that. If you just keep your dosing low and you make this a, a long-term commitment to your health, your goals, you can do very mild cycles, a little bit of Novadex on top, never exceed more than a gram of steroids total. If you can do it within five to 700, you're fine. Post-cycle therapy properly. If you can really do all of these things, if you keep your dosing low, you can go, you can go ahead and never have to mess with it. You may not, never need it. And Novadex will be enough to just keep gyno out. But yeah, for guys doing the higher dosing, guys going into competition, yeah, you're going you're gonna to need to mess with it. And going on to competition, guys drop their estrogen pretty darn low. And yeah, it's just a good tool to use when you're using a bunch of compounds and you want to drop your estrogen low even further. It's, it has its place for the guys doing a lot of stuff and guys competing and trying to dry up really, really hard. But for most of us, if you keep your dosing mild, you'll be fine. You don't, you won't, you won't need to mess with it much. All right, guys. So another misconception that guys have is about the half-life. And the half-life of aromacin is over 24 hours. So you don't have to dose it two times a day or three times a day. You can get away with dosing it every day or every other day very, very easily. It's going to be in your system. You dose it every other day or every third day even it's still going to be in your system so you don't have to do all this or like oh my god i'm injecting i'm injecting this i gotta take my aromacin you know i'm injecting this i gotta take my aromacin every day not necessarily every 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 day every other day every third day just depends on the situation but you know look i mean it's in your system a long time you gotta you gotta remember these half-lives 25 hour half-life is uh you gotta multiply it by four or five that's how long it's gonna be in your system when you take it this isn't like taking an aspirin and uh for a headache and then within 30 minutes all your headache is gone it's out of your system within like four hours no this is this is very different so you know at the end of the day guys it just it guys have to understand how powerful these half-life of these drugs are they were not designed to be in and out of your system fast so that's another thing where guys screw up is they take it every day, a lot every day, and it builds up in their system at high dosages, and then it gets them in trouble. So, Rick, you want to finish up with telling us where, do we, where we can find aromacin? Is it easily available, and is it expensive? Aromacin is one of the easiest ones to get. It's not criminalized like steroids or testosterone you know, would. So you're going to have a much easier time finding aromacin. There are different brands. You can find it human grade. You can find it research grade. You can buy the powders overseas. I mean, aromacin is it's going to be a pretty easy one, easy one to find. It's not, it's not criminalized. 
you won't, uh, if you possess it, you won't get in much trouble for it. If you are selling it to people, that's a different story. If you're making it for people, that's a different story, I think. But as long as you are just um, possessing it and using it, can't get in much trouble. And because of the legal status of it, there'll be no shortage of, of people out there that'll be willing to provide you with it. So it's, it's not bad. You know, if you, you can still find a stain at some, at some supplement stores. And that one is naturally occurring. And that one is going to probably be banned from supplements soon. But arimastane works uh, a lot like aromasin. You need a much higher dose of it than you do aromasin. But also if you walk, walk into a local supplement store and ask them for arimastane, it's a pretty effective uh, anti-estrogen. I don't sell it through NTBM at the moment. We used to. We had a product called Liquidex AI that had arimastane in it. Very, very effective aromatase inhibitor. But we, we've discontinued the product and uh, we haven't made any more of, of that yet. But the other brands out there that do have them and a lot of supplement store has it. If you want the, an option that you can find right now over the counter, arimastane works, works very well, very much like aromasin. Again, you need higher dosing more of it need about depending on how much you're taking you need about 75 maybe 100 milligrams a day maybe 50 milligrams a day is where you want to be at uh and that's comparable to you know aromasin on the on the lower end but yeah i mean uh, aromasin research uh you'll be able to order it online overseas pretty easily different brands generics pretty easy to find not criminalized so yeah aromasin everywhere what do you think steve In the United States, you need a prescription for it. Um, if you go to a doctor and, and ask him about aromasin and he knows what it is, there's a good chance you'll get a prescription for it if he's an um, endocrinologist or an anti-aging clinic. Um, but I'm curious to hear overseas, is it, is it going to be found in pharmacies? Or what are the more common AIs that you can find in the pharmacies overseas where PEDs are, are legalized? Well, since all of these are cancer drugs that women use, breast cancer spread across the globe, they're pretty easy to find. I mean, same place where you can buy testosterone over the counter, you can get tamoxifen, you can get tamoxifen, you can get Clomid, you can get aromasin, you can get any of these cancer drugs over the counter. It's pretty easy to find, uh, pretty inexpensive too. All right, guys. So that sums it up for aromasin, guys. Um, pretty much nailed everything about aromasin. Remember, blood work is going to be the key, guys. Don't go into this blind and just assume, yeah, I feel this way, so my estrogen's probably okay. No, you need you need blood work. Very, very important. It's a blueprint to uh, to everything. It can make all the world a difference in your success on cycle, post cycle, and in between cycles. For Steve Smeeny Break, another episode of Illustrator Radio. We will talk about another chemical on next week's show. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. Evolutionary.org.
podcast coming your way, guys. Doing another compound episode. Steve Smee here and Rick joining me. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So this is number 318, guys. We did Aromasin last episode. This time we're going to do the cousin of, of Aromasin, which is Arimidex. And Arimidex, the trade name, is a trade name for anastrozole. anastrozole. And it was, uh, the trade name was given to it by AstraZeneca, which is a pretty multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical company. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. And a lot of bodybuilders, you know, in the gym and on forums, uh, they'll just call it ADEX, A-D-E-X for short. So, aromatics, guys, um, it is an aromatized inhibitor. It works similar to aromacin. At the end of the day, it does the same thing. So, um, it's a non-steroidal aromatase inhibitor drug. And it was approved for treatment of breast cancer after surgery and for meta, metas, metastasis in women. So um, the, just like a lot of women who have breast cancer, uh, I, if you know anyone who does, their doctor will probably put them on some type of anti-estrogen drug to prevent the estrogen from rebounding, for, prevent the estrogen from rising, and to prevent the cancer, give the cancer cells less of a chance of ever coming back. So if you know any family members or friends like I do who've had breast cancer, you'll know that there was a chance the doctors did put them on a Remedex. So I'm going to bring in Rick to talk about the history and a little science about Remedex and some of the uh, science about how it works. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Remedex is one of these drugs that helps to lower the overall amount of estrogen in your system. It works by actually uh, diminishing the amount of aromatase enzyme in your body. And so unlike something like Novodex or Oclomifia, which we've discussed already in the last, uh, the last uh, few podcasts, that actually is blocking estrogen at the site but doing nothing about the overall estrogen levels, Remedex actually lowers overall estrogen levels. Uh, it was first approved in 1987 for medical use, specifically for the treatment of breast cancer. In uh, 1995 is, is when it was really, really came into use for, for that purpose. And when, when it was first available to the underground, and I can remember, it was around 2001, 2002, you were able to get one milligram of Remedex pills for about $10 a piece, 10 to $15 a piece, which was uh, pretty outrageous compared to the pricing on Novodex and Clomid. Uh, needless to say, I didn't quite mess with Arimidex until about 05, 06, when it dropped, dropped in price, eventually some. But Arimidex really was the, the real kind of first alternative to Novodex or, or Mastron um, or Providerin, right? Because these were uh, the, the three anti-estrogens uh, steroid users used until Arimidex, Romacin, Letrosol, all these came out years later. So pretty short history of it. You know, in 1987, it was uh, first approved for use. Couldn't find much of anything before that. It was patented by Imperial Chemical Industries, which uh, seems to be a pretty large company. And that's, that's about it. Not, not much history on it, um, but we'll get some more into how it works uh, in, later in the podcast. All right, guys. 
So let me explain to you guys some, some more science behind it. So there was a trial done on a Remedex where 10,000 women with localized breast cancer, um, they took Remedex along with Tamoxifen, Novodex, which we discussed on a prior episode. You guys can look that one up. And they found out that the serum Novodex itself binds with the estrogen receptors, blocking some of the estrogen actins while at the same time allowing others so they found that after the study, five years, a group that had also received Arimidex had much better clinical results than those who just took Novodex by itself. So this is a really good idea for doctors to stack both of these instead of just using Novodex. Now, the person that I knew who had breast cancer, and I don't know, Rick, if you knew anybody, she was put on Novodex and the doctor pretty much told her it's going to take you three to five years to be on Novodex after her breast cancer was... Uh, was taken care of, but he did not put her also on a Remedix. So this study is a really, really good thing um, because breast cancer is very, very devastating among women. So, um, you know, definitely if you know anyone, uh, show them this study, maybe show them this podcast even, um, and have them tell the doctor, hey, maybe, maybe it'd be good for me to be on both instead of just taking Novodex. So we know that Aromadex works really well for estrogen. So again, that's why we have, um, we use these drugs in bodybuilding. Why are we talking about a breast cancer uh, drug that's good for breast cancer in women? Well, it's because in bodybuilding, when we use aromat uh, aromatizing compounds, uh, many anabolic steroids, uh, dianabol, testosterone, EQ, decadurabolin, um, a lot of them, they aromatize into estrogen in the body. As soon as they hit the body, they boom, they, they start converting to estrogen. So if you're not controlling the estrogen in your body, you're also going to have problems. Yeah. So uh, Rick, you want to, you want to jump in? When it comes to, to Orimidex, it was really the first time that you were able to use a, a drug specifically just to lower overall estrogen. The only options you had then was adding another steroid. So yeah, you had you had a Mastron Provirin, and even guys felt like Provirin took away from their gains a little bit. Maybe it it wasn't as anabolic as muscle building as other steroids, but was out competing other steroids for those androgen receptors. So even Provirin has its drawbacks. Although it, although it does help as a as a good anti-estrogen, it it's it's not as a strong steroid, and it will compete with the other steroids you're taking. Uh, Mastron really did help for estrogen, but I mean, there was nothing else out there like Arimidex. And once, once Arimidex came on the scene, in my opinion, that's when you really saw the big dosage, just really guys started doing, you know, two, three grams a week, normal people, just normal going to the office every day, you know, Hal and Sal and Tom just juicing their fucking face off, you know, it was a gram of testosterone, as a base for every cycle. This is what was going on in the forums in the early 2000s. And then you throw some more steroids on top of that and you definitely couldn't forget, for, forget your old kickstart. And since, you know, we had a, a Rimidex now, now you could run a gram of testosterone plus 50 milligrams or 60 milligrams of D-ball and just take, you know, one meg of an astrosol every day and your estrogen will be pretty, pretty manageable even at those doses. So in my opinion, it's one of the things that helped change the game. You know, I think dosing started to climb up around the late 80s, 
which is when Dan Duchesne first discovered you could use Novadex to prevent gynecomastia. And then 2000 and change when Arimidex came out, I think doses kept climbing up. Again, just these anti-estrogens have allowed guys to just do a lot more steroids. And maybe lowering estrogen is taking away from your gains some, which is then leading you to believe that you just needed more steroids. And maybe not. Maybe what you needed was to let those testosterone, let that testosterone aromatize a little bit and use, utilize a little bit of that high estrogen to get better performance and better gains. So it definitely was a, a game changer, a culture changer when Arimidex came out into the scene. It, it, it changed everything. It, it changed the way you could, you could manipulate the hormones and, and what you could do because now you really could take a lot of steroids, a lot of testosterone, a lot of Dianabol, a lot of EQ, and just completely lower all estrogen levels uh, with the Remedex. It's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty game-changing for, for guys at the time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you ask anyone in the gym, some of the old-timers there, and you talk to them, a lot of them don't even know that Arimidex or Romacinic even exists. Um, some of them don't even know Novadex exists. I mean, they're really, really old school. These are guys in maybe 50s, 60s, even 70s that are in your gym. They've been around a long time. Because in those days, like Rick said, they didn't have these options. And also another thing you'll notice too is a lot of them, they don't run testosterone like, like guys do today. Like you see some of the younger guys, younger generation guys, they're pushing 500, 1,000, 1,500 milligrams a week of testosterone, stack it with every cycle. It's got to be the base of every cycle is what they say. But in those days, guys didn't run testosterone with their cycles because there was no way to control the estrogen. I mean, if you were stupid back then, you would do that, and they'd laugh at you because you have bitch tits, or you'd have to be very, very lucky genetically. You know, I credit one guy, funny enough, there was an old uh, Polish guy on the forums many, many years ago. He started a supplement company uh, for a couple years. And he was very popular, old guy. He looked like shit in his pictures, by the way. But he, he's the first guy that I really seen going out there telling everybody that they needed a gram of testosterone as a base to every cycle. And then you would put your deca and nandrol you know you put your deca and equipoise and dianabol and whatever else on top of that but you needed a gram of testosterone my opinion that could be wrong he was probably fucking dealing it's one of the reasons he wanted to he wanted everybody to do these high dosing his pictures he looked like shit in his pictures but he was pushing this and it's funny because once he got started with this i seen everybody else talk about it now, I don't know if this was like a real underground idea and he was the first guy to bring it into the forums and, and discuss it and talk about it because it's very prominent. He was on several forums. But I don't think so, man. I think, I think it had a lot to do with once a nasterol came into the picture and, and you could take something to lower overall estrogen, I think sources took advantage and started telling people to take more and more and more. So, we, you know, even... I think I think a lot of the dosing uh, protocol and a lot of the higher dosing came from from the ability of of these drugs. Now, wouldn't you agree, Steve? Yeah, that's one of the reasons for sure. Uh, that's one of the reasons for sure. Um, we can go back to the economics of it. Um, you can sell a bottle of testosterone underground lab. Someone can make it, you know, bathtub gear out of their own house. 
and it would probably cost them five bucks to make it, if that. And they could turn around and sell it for 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks. So the, the margins are huge. So if you're running a huge source, a huge steroid dealer all over the world, you can just imagine if you're making that type of markup on, on the product, you can imagine that's, that's where the money is. They don't make money off HGH, these sources. Legitimate HGH, the margins are very, very tiny. Um, that's why you'll see a lot of sources, they don't really push HGH on the forums to their, to their customers, but they damn well sure push testosterone. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, guys, I mean, the point is that, you know, um, since the advent of these AIs, it's allowed people to be more flexible with running testosterone. They don't have to be scared to run four or 500 milligrams a week with their cycle. They don't have to be scared to run uh, two aromatizing compounds because of these AIs. So it's not something I, I recommend guys really like stack a bunch of aromatizing compounds in a cycle though, regardless, because I'm not a fan of fatiguing yourself. And we're going to talk about this actually, um, a Q and a that we did either the one prior to one after we're going to talk about that more. But, um, you know, if you talk to the old school guys, they have a different mentality on it. They're basically not taking anything that aromatizes and they're not taking any of these ancillary anti-estrogens, but the newer guys, they run high dosages of everything and take a lot of drugs to combat those dosages. So it's two different modes. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you only did uh, 10, 20 migs of the animal per day, you're not going to worry too much about getting bitch tits and getting too bloated. I mean, at about between 10 and 20 milligrams of the animal a day, you're, you're just getting enough of the steroid benefits. You're getting a little bit of aromatization. So you have a little bit of higher estrogen to help those gains. It, it's kind of a sweet spot. I guess you could do 40, 50 milligrams, 60 milligrams, and then slam some aromacin or Remedex on top of it. But you probably are not going to get that much better long-term results doing 50 migs of D-ball with aromacin than if you just stuck to the 20. Maybe if you're gyno-prone, use a little bit of Novadex and just ride it out. You know, make it a, uh, make this thing a marathon, not just a quick race. Right? So... I, th I think, I think, uh, yeah, definitely probably one of the drugs to affect the way you, the way guys use steroids more than, more than anything else. Arimidex itself, I think it was, it was the gateway to just, to just this huge, these huge cycles with, the, with a bunch of stuff on it, I think. So the dosages, otherwise, you know, the, this very dose dependent guys, at the end of the day, you're going to have to use blood work to find out your sweet spot when it comes to dosage, but you can start with a quarter milligram, half a milligram every other day, every third day on a typical cycle where you're running aromatizing compounds. Now, if you're not running anything that aromatizes, you're not going to need an AI. Um, also keep in mind too, you could be getting bunk gear or something that's not really. And we've, we've seen that over the years. We've seen guys run primo cycles or, or EQ or something like that. And they end up getting gynecomastia problems and estrogen issues because they were really, instead of running Primo, they were really running testosterone. So we've seen evidence of that. Um, we, don't, we don't hear very much of that anymore. I mean, if a source is doing that to people, people are pretty wise to it. So they're going to get busted really quick. So, um, but just watch out for that. But at the end of the day, you know, quarter milligram, half a milligram, every other day, every third day on a typical 500 milligram 
a week testosterone, maybe stacking one other thing with it. Um, if you want to stack a little D-ball with it or something. But at the end of the day, guys, blood work. Blood work is key. Blood work gives you a snapshot of what's going on in your body. So you can run the blood work, see where your estrogen is. You want your estrogen to be in, in level, um, in range. Um, anything above 35, 40 is going to be too high, and that's going to cause estrogenic side effects. So you can get away with it for a little while, but I would not stretch it. I would not keep your estrogen high. Some guys do. Um, some guys will not even run an AI on cycle. They'll push their estrogen levels up to a hundred. They don't, they don't care, but it is risky. It is not good for your health to put your estrogen high. What do you think about that strategy, Rick? Do you think that it's not good for your health? I think having your estrogen way too high or way too low long-term, they're both no good for your health. If you're talking about your estrogen being too high or too low for, your cycle time, which is, you know, three months, and then you're fine the rest of the year. If your estrogen is either too high or too low, three to four months out of the year, maybe in the long run, you're fine. But yeah, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to either have estrogen too high or too low because you can have problems for both. If your estrogen is too low, there are a lot of processes in your body that aren't being done properly. Repairing bone is one of them. Proper uh, lipid profiles in your, in your blood system is another. If your estrogen is way too high, then you have other problems you need to worry about. There are cancers that are dependent on estrogens. And if you're a man and your body's naturally not going to produce a lot of estrogen, but you maintain high estrogen through your lifetime through steroid use, and you run a chance of maybe developing some, some cancer and, and some other problems like like blood pressure issues and issues with water retention and electrolytes because of the higher estrogen. So really trying to keep estrogen at, at close to kind of normal, manageable levels. Um, and I guess say normal when, it, when you reference it to your testosterone levels, right? The ratio has to be proper. You're, you know, that's just the way your body's meant to run. So really, you know, these, this crushing your estrogen or, or letting it get too high during cycle, it's, it's not a norm. It's something you put up with uh, so that you can make those gains so that you can morph your body in a, in a shorter amount of time. But yeah, definitely not a, a long-term solution. I, I wouldn't want to see any guys out there thinking that they need to take an astrosol long-term, taking a Remedex long-term because they think that their nipples are a little bit puffy. So they're just going to no long-term uh, a, a, a Remedex. It's just not, you don't long-term drugs like this. Not unless you're a cancer survivor. My uh, ex-wife's mother, she's a cancer survivor, and she has to take Femara for life. She has to take Femara every single day for the rest of her life, she, and she's a cancer survivor. It's a different story. If you're a bodybuilder, if you're just a guy who, who feels like his estrogen levels are a little bit higher, you don't, yeah, you don't want to take an estrogen either as a standalone, like as some sort of a muscle builder. You don't want to take it as just some kind of gyno reversal cure once you've already had gyno. You don't, yeah, it's, it's really not, not there for any of those purposes. As a matter of fact, if you were trying to reverse gyno, you might be better off with something like Letrosol, Novadex, your hand flame applied right on the spot, and some weight loss. Like that's some serious, that's a serious stack. But yeah, Remedex is it's not for any of those things. So you have to really keep it in context. And look, to be fair, 
I think aromasin does a much better job at lowering overall estrogen than, than Rimidex. I think also the, the dosing schedule with aromasin is much, much easier to work with. You can go 24, 12, six mix, three mix. It just gives you a, a more of a range and an easier way to dial it in. When it comes to Rimidex, you're talking about one milligram or half a milligram of a, or a quarter milligram. You don't, you don't have a lot of room to wiggle dosing around the way you do with the Romacin. So although we're doing the podcast today about Arimidex, it's been quite a long time since I've ever messed with it. Whenever I've had the need for what Arimidex does, I just use Romacin. And something like Letro, that's the next level. That's when you, uh, that's probably not, in my opinion, such a preventive drug. You might, neither Arimidex nor Letro, I think would you really want to take during cycle, my opinion. I think if you're, if you're going to pick, if I had to pick one drug to just lower overall estrogen levels during cycle, it'd be aromasin or arimastain. I think arimastain, which you can still get over the counter in some places, I think it's, it's just maybe that milligram per milligram, but if you, if you double or triple the dose, uh, you're looking at arimastain, which is over the counter nowadays, to be as, almost as powerful or comparable to aromasin. I would even take arimastain, do 50 to 100 milligrams of arimastain per day and a half before I use arimidex or I use, or I use letro, letrosol. That's just, uh, that's just the, the way I, I've used these antiestrogens when, I, when I've had to. And, you know, it's just worth mentioning. So side effects, Rick touched on a little bit. If you look, if you overdose it, you're a bodybuilder, you overdose it, you run it on a cycle where you don't need it, you run it too much on a cycle you do need it, you're going to get side effects. You're going to get low estrogen side effects. You're going to get the cracking joints. You're going to get the moodiness. You're going to get a little depression. You may get problems with your sleeve. You may get lethargic. We need estrogen as men. We still need estrogen as men um, to function properly. And if you run it too low, then you'll get side effects of high estrogen if you're running a cycle where there's a lot of aromatization happening. So it's all about running it correctly and it's all about blood work. And if you run it correctly, the side effects are very, very minimal. Um, there should not be an issue. Um, that's one of the good things about it is that it does come with low side effects if you run it properly. And it's cheap. But like Rick said, you know, aromacin is better in a lot of ways, but some guys, we see this all the time on the forums. They just don't have access to aromasin or they're getting, they're on, um, you know, they're getting their stuff from their doctor or a clinic and their doctors don't even know what aromasin is. They, they are Arimidex people because they've been around so long, 10, 20, 30 years. And they've, they don't even know that aromasin exists yet. So they'll put their, they'll write a prescription for Arimidex because that's all they know. And people think just because someone is a doctor that they're supposed to be like smart. And, you know, we would like to think that, but that does not mean that they're updating their knowledge. So that's the advantage we have on these forums is that we can update our information. We can give you guys the updated information and updated information is I would take Aromasin over Remedex every day, every fucking day. I would take Aromasin over Remedex. But if you don't have access to Aromasin, like I said, your doctor doesn't prescribe it, your clinic doesn't prescribe it, or your source doesn't carry it or out of stock, 
then a Remedex will be my second choice. So nothing wrong with a Remedex if you need to use it. Any final thoughts, Rick? Yeah, nothing wrong with the Remedex if you can't get your hands over on aromacin. I think we should do a show, Steve, on just anti-estrogen drugs and just compare them all in one show. I think that would be a, a good, good bit of information for everybody. So we can compare and rank all of these different anti-estrogens, the protocols that are used, and what's really effective and what's not. I think nowadays, if you're worried about estrogen side effects on cycle, um, aromacin and Novodex will take good care of you. Letrosol, way strong. I think that's for pre-existing pre gyno that you're trying to work with and, and try to reverse without surgery. Arimidex, it's kind of the odd man out. It should, doesn't, for steroid users now, right? Because cancer patients is a different story. But for steroid users, Arom, Arimidex is just not as good as aromacin. Okay? And, and aromacin is probably... Uh, because it's, you can still go into your local health food store and pick up arimastain, then aromazin is probably not as good as arimastain, in my opinion now, because you can, walk into a, you can walk into a health food store and say, listen, I need arimastain, anti-estrogen, uh, Andrasta, 3,5. Guys might, might know it by, by, by that. So... You go, you're going to find that you're going to have a, a really good aromatase inhibitor over the counter. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely now that discussing closing the podcast here, it, it's not, 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 the, not the best, not the best for, for the purpose. For the time that it came out, there was not much other stuff around. Yeah, it worked. Why not? Lowered overall estrogen. Now we can do a gram of testosterone as the base of every cycle. Great. Nowadays, uh, Probably not the first choice for any steroid user, really. It's just worth mentioning. It's worth doing a podcast about it because it's out there. But most likely than not, you're going to find us on the forums or us ourselves if the need is there to lower overall estrogen to use aromacin. Or, or in my case, arimastain. I, st I still get and I still like using arimastain when I have the need for that as opposed to aromacin. All right, guys, so we covered everything on Aromadex. Hope you guys uh, learned a lot. Save this podcast as a reference in the future. For Steve, me, and Rick, another episode of Evolutionary Radio. We'll have another chemical episode next week. Have a good one. Hey, have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the requirement legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.